listening to the Uloft Podcast, presented by United IUP, a community of college students and young adults in Indiana, Pennsylvania, who are dedicated to unite with each other and Christ to change the world around us. We hope that this podcast raises questions and answers others, while ultimately starting a conversation to discover unifying biblical truth in this chaotic world. What is up? Welcome to the podcast. This is episode number one. Love thy Karens and pray for thy boomers. That's right. Today we are talking about uh, what it means to love people that are difficult to love. Uh, what it means maybe even to uh, be united um, as God's people, to uh, be united as the body of Christ, and really just uh, to search for unity um, in humanity. Like, how does that work? What does that look like? Um, but we're just going to have a conversation here today. Uh, I've got Nick and Sam Carey with me here today. What up? couple of the pastors for United. So good to have you guys here. And on the couch right next to them, on a separate couch next to them, it's not weird, uh, on a separate couch next to them, we've got Rim, Tanner, and Patrick, a couple of our our crew leaders here at United. Say what's up, guys. There you go. Hopefully you can hear them. They're uh, oddly very quiet. So, um, hey, we're just going to invite you into this conversation today. This is kind of serving as an online podcast form of one of our U groups. So we know in this crazy time right now, sometimes it's difficult to get together. Uh, everybody's kind of tired of just being on Zoom. Uh, so people still listen to podcasts and we would like for you to join in on this conversation. So uh, if you'd like to join in, make sure you go follow us at United IUP on Instagram. But uh, hey, let's talk about what it means to be united today um, as the body of Christ and with humanity around us. So what does it look like to you guys? um, Or rather, what does the word unity mean? What does that look like in the world around us? Um, Not necessarily as the body of Christ yet, but uh, like just in the world around us, how do we stay unified uh, with people around us? By not being a jerk (laughs) is a big (laughs) way to do that. That's the first thing that comes to mind. I I got, I literally annihilated my Facebook because I can't stand, um, not only, it's not even, it's not even like we live in a world that's in disunity. Oh, we are in disunity, but we're purposefully, uh, we are pursuing disunity. We, everything we do is and say is divisive in nature it's ha- it's divisive the way that we say it it's the it's divisive the way that we respond to people who say something else and we have reached this point i think in culture where i will not listen to you if you in any way shape or form disagree with me yeah so i think that the first step of like if you want to be uh unified or even like start to move towards unity is you have to listen gotta listen i just want to hear other people's perspectives i'm um a strong-willed person and (laughs) 
I have my beliefs and I'm not quick to think that I'm incorrect on those beliefs, but I love to listen to people, even if I think they're totally idiotic, like I'll listen to you and I want to hear what you have to say. And then I want to analyze what you had to say and think about, can I agree with this? Can I agree with some of this? What is, where is common ground in our disagreement that we can find, that we can work from um, that point of agreement towards unity? Because unity does not mean uniformity where everybody has to be the same. Um, Unity is more about being uh, together. I'm trying to think of a better word like to describe united with other than united itself, because that doesn't that's it's not probably how the you perfect words and that's what the word yeah, means. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, it's to be united. Like you have a common goal. You have a common goal in sight that we're all, we want this. So we're all moving that direction regardless of if maybe um, we disagree with how do we get there. We can have conversations about that that are more open-minded. We got to be more open-minded people. Don't be so closed-minded. Quit it with cancel culture and just everybody straight up chill out. Okay, so that's the podcast. Thank you guys for joining. Uh, we are not, <laughs> just kidding. I know you actually, uh, you bring a couple of good points is like you started out by saying we are so set against each other, right? So um, with our opinions and our motives and everything, um, Pat, I'm actually going to ask you this. Why do you think that we as humans are like so set against each other. Like, I think you brought up a good point. Facebook and cancel culture just amplify this. Um, But why do you think that is like our natural disposition? Well, I think um, social media has created a platform for people to be able to voice their opinions, right? And so like we are, um, we naturally just want to be heard. Uh, We want to be understood by other people. And so this is kind of like a new way where uh, you can push your opinion out or um, how you feel about something out to um, your kind of um, circle of influence. And um, so whenever you talk about cancel culture, we're in this kind of situation where if I put my opinion out there, if I put um, how I feel out there um, about something and there are people that either don't feel the same way or disagree with it, you know, then, you know, you're um, basically seen as, you know, like on the other side of the fence is me. And um, so, you know, like we've kind of lost that ability to, like Nick said, be able to find uh, any kind of common ground um, and, Uh, come together really on anything. Um, So, yeah, I definitely think that it's social media definitely has a part of it. But I mean, I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with the fact that we want to feel um, understood and known by other people. I think that that's what we were created to be. Um, I just think that um, we've kind of lost the art form of being able to do that with people. To like listen, to fully listen. Yeah. 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 Why do you think, um, so Sam, I'll ask you this. Why do you think that um, we just can't handle other people's opinions? Like, why is it that, what, how have we lost that art form? Why have we lost that art form? Why can't we have a conversation with people um, that is uh, two ways and not so one-sided on, you know, one or the other? Well, we just want to be right. We don't, really care. You know, I find myself in conversations sometimes like, 
waiting for the other person to stop talking so like I can share what I want to say and we just are not good at listening because we are like you said Pat like we're so opinionated and social media makes it a way for us to all be an activist to all be super passionate about certain things and so we just want to be into having a big old monologue more than a dialogue with someone because it is uncomfortable to just have an honest, open conversation with someone who you disagree with and to just listen and not be all riled up. Like, I got to say my stuff. I got to say my what I what I think and what I believe. And we just don't take time to sit down and listen to them. But if we actually were patient and not so full of ourselves and needing to get our voices heard, we might actually, you know, learn something new. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Sam's right for sure. Um, I think I don't think it's so much that we lost the art form of like trying to figure out, you know, how we can all listen to each other. I think a lot more of it is that like, you know, we've never had access to this much, this many opinions. So like, you know, 20, 25 years ago, that wasn't a thing, you know, like you knew however many people you knew. And if you called somebody that you weren't with, you know, then that was that was what you did. But you didn't really hear everyone in the world's opinion. And Twitter has given you the opportunity to say whatever you want, whenever you want. And that is awesome. It's really good. But it also means that you lose, you know, uh, knowing how to communicate with people. So uh, I think we're just it's more about our like actual conversation skills. So we haven't been able to hear this many. And now all of a sudden, everyone has an opinion. And that's awesome. But it's really hard to sort through them. So I think it just ends up making people frustrated. And they get to the point where they're like, well, no, whatever I said, that's what I believe. And that's what's true. And whatever you said, I don't want to listen to that. That's eh, like, yeah. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. So I just think a lot of it ends up stemming from that. But I don't think we ever like lost it. I think we're just like overwhelmed by the amount of opinions that circulate now. Yeah. You know, it makes sense that, um, I think back to, you said like, we, we just have access to it. Right. So I think back in the day, um, they didn't have access to the bunch of opinions, uh, but they also did not seek out differing opinions either. I would say that for the most part, um, the older generation, uh, one didn't have access to those uh, extra, uh, you know, those opinions that did not jive with whatever they were saying or whatever they thought. Um, but they also didn't seek those out. I mean, you look at it, uh, the world, America especially, was segregated uh, completely, um, you know, all the way, at least in my grandparents' time. It was segregated in my grandparents' time between black, uh, black and white. And um, it was uh, segregated into... Uh, Christian, non-Christian, religious, non-religious, and basically you just stayed in your bubble. Um, even up to my parents' time, to my parents' day and age, like uh, it's it's you just stay in your bubble, and everybody that you hang out with believes the same thing that you believe, and everybody's insulated, and we're not going to invite any differing opinions because that's the devil, and it's super dangerous if you hear any other opinion that is not yours. Um, so we're just going to cut you off from that, right? And uh, the danger in that is, yeah, I think that we don't even have the art of how do I listen to someone else. So uh, for our parents parents and grandparents generations, they can't even pass that down for the most part. They can't even pass down a, how do I have a differing opinion than someone because they were so insulated. And now we are inundated with these, you know, all these other opinions that we might not agree with. And we are not even equipped to handle them very well. So here's why we can't 
be unified, like in the world is not unified, is because you have to have something that you can become unified around. Okay. So we all need to be like, there's one thing that we should be unified around, but we live in a culture that has an ideological presupposition and framework, uh, that is what causes the disunity is what causes me not to listen to somebody else's thoughts or opinion. And it's that of uh, relativism. If we live in a culture that truly believes and they really do seem to think this way until it's um, until push comes to shove with their ideology or their truth, that there is no real truth, but everybody's truth can be true. Um, we create for ourselves like almost like this system where we can never get unified on something because you're positive that, you know, you think this about this thing and that's true because you believe it is. Um, but I think this opposing view about this thing and, but that's true because I believe it is it, I think something that would unify us radically is for us to annihilate the the ideology of a, a relativist culture that wants to say that everybody's true, um, because in doing that, nobody is true. You can't. There is yeah. nobody the that's speak right. Your truth movement, like this yeah. is your truth. This yeah, is this my is your truth. truth. This is my truth. It causes disunity because we can't become unified. If it could be proven, and I radically believe it can, that there is such a thing as undeniable objective truth. Everything is not subjective in our world. There is objective truth. If we can come to a place where we stop pursuing uh, subjective land where everything's just whatever you feel at this moment or think or whatever, um, that would be something that would unify us. Because now at the very least, we don't have to agree at the end of the day what the truth is, but we're at least trying to figure out what is objective truth. And if you try to find that out, there's going to come a time where now you can have you can have an educated uh, stance on something, you can have an educated conversation, and you can have a healthy dialogue and debate where you're saying, here is why I believe that this is truth, but what you're coming at me with is not, and it can be like super civil. Um, and you know, we, the world doesn't. And so I wonder if, can you even unify the world outside of the church? I would actually be on the side that says, no, we're not really at the very least you would have to have a people or a person, you know, perhaps one that's in office that is not divisive who, is attempting to unify people, at least around one thing that everybody can get on board with. Um, maybe that would work, but ultimately I, I wonder if, um, it's that the church, there's a reason the church has been called to be unified. It's because we believe that we know the truth. Um, and that's what we unify around. So like, even I'll sit in a coffee shop and I can have a debate with somebody who on a secondary theological issue like we completely disagree but yet that's not like ultimately this is not 
the truth or like a real, so I can get my argument for why I disagree with him. He can give his argument. But at the end of the day, we understand that we still have um, actual truth that we both share in common. And that's kind of where you find your grounds. Mm-hmm. But when you've set up a society that says that the, you can't all have the one truth because there is no such thing as one truth, you're going to create this unity. Yeah. And, uh, and the people in our media and things, they, they push that even more so. Yeah. They try to divide people, it's almost seems. I think what you're describing, at least to me, sounds like what we call um, identity politics, Nick. And um, Kendall, I've known you have mentioned um, a lot uh, since we've been talking about um, kind of the identity crisis that we are experiencing here. And so um, when it comes to... um, politics these days is not just politics it's it is um it's based on like what you identify by your values and um your morals and and everything else so if our identity is not um based in jesus um then i don't i I would agree with you i don't think that there is anything that we could ever truly unify um ourselves and with other people on. I think when we get to a place where be it a political party or just a, um, I, an identity in general, um, you know, where we get to a place where that it's based uh, in Jesus and, and how he lived. I think that's how we start to unify people. Yeah. Yeah. There's a quote that, uh, I was reminded of that, uh, Nick, you actually reposted. Um, I don't know where it came from, but, Uh, It says this, it says, the world wants peace, but rejects the prince of peace. The world wants love, but rejects the author of love. The world wants life, but rejects the one who gave his to save theirs. The world desperately wants Jesus, but they're too busy rejecting him to realize that he's the answer. And, um, you know, when I think about how to be unified, I mean, we're all on the same page here. Like, Man, this world is crying out desperately. This world is crying out. They don't even know what they're crying out for. Like, uh, man, this past couple of months, just like with a lot of people, uh, I'm not unique to this, but this past couple of months, my heart has been hurting. Like I've been carrying around this heaviness and this burden that, uh, you know, I would originally, I would have said it's not my own, but it is like, it is my burden. It's my burden to be unified, um, with, not only the Christians around me, but to make Christ so well known that I can unify with the people who currently don't know Jesus, um, that I can uh, not have to be moving in. I don't have to think the same way or talk the same way or have the same opinions as they do, but I can be peaceful enough because I'm unified with Christ to invite them into what is true unity, invite them into what is actually the chief unifier right? Like Christ and his love. Nick, I love what you said. You know, there's one thing we've got to be uh, unified around. And um, the thing is, is like, that is Jesus. But uh, in the world, it's this utopian perfection, right? Like people think that it's attainable. Uh, People think that complete peace is attainable. People think that, you know, absolute love for all human beings and all people is attainable. Well, it is, but only in the kingdom of heaven, only through Jesus Christ, only if every single person in the world was a Bible believing, Christ following, like Jesus follower Christian, 
Like, without ulterior motives, and we were in a perfect world, yes, it would be attainable. But because we are not there, because we are human beings, because our world is chaotic, because not everybody believes in Jesus Christ as the Son of God and the hope for all mankind, uh, we can't attain that stuff. You know, we can't uh, get peace or, or, or love or full life without and apart from Jesus Christ. And, you know, uh, that brings up, Another thing is that, Nick, you said that, you know, as, as the church, we've got to be unified. But, I mean, would you say that that's been the case in the past hundred years or so? Like, that the American church especially has been unified? No. <laughs> no. I mean, I don't know that anybody in this room would, would say that. I've grown up all my life, like, wondering. I even asked my dad before I went to Bible college, uh, why does there have to be denominations? Like, why do I have to... Like, I just don't understand. Like, it doesn't seem biblical to me or like, I realize that there's other beliefs, but man, like we have these unifying things. And um, so that's kind of what I want to open up now is uh, in these last 10 minutes here is like, what is, what is the hurdle to the church being unified? Do you have thoughts on that? I actually just had a conversation with somebody that I work with um, because we were talking about how I'd started, I wanted to start in the residency at Summit. Um, and as I was starting, like getting talking with you, Kendall, uh, he was asking questions about it. And he was like, so, so like, what is a church? You know, like he, he was like super into like, you know, the idea of it, but didn't really know anything about it. Like, why do you do that? What's the reason, you know? Um, and then he asked, I gave him some information obviously, but then he, he went into like, what, like, sector of church is that and I thought it was really interesting because like from an outside perspective denominations are viewed as like sectors which I feel like divides us even <laughs> to more. infinity and beyond <laughs> right. like, he just made me think about the hunger hunger like, games like we got some districts yeah, of churches like yeah. church. <laughs> so that was really confusing like I had no clue what he meant at first and then I realized that he meant denominations and I was like oh yeah we don't we don't do those as much. We try not to because, you know, like, like, what's the reason? If we're all going to be unified, then we're all going to be unified. And if we're not, then what other liberties are you taking? You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just interesting to see that, like, other people view the church as having, like, <laughs> different parts. Yeah. Almost. But isn't that, like, isn't that an, that's an issue, right? right. Like, yeah. that is a, a great issue. So, I mean, what do you think, what do you think is the, uh, is the, uh, speed bump or the roadblock essentially to like really be unified as a church? I mean, why, why are we have so many problems with that? Nick keeps stealing the mic from me over here. Nick's trying um, to talk too much. Yeah. The hurdle of just, <laughs> it's the same as what's happening in the world. Like we want our opinions. We want to be right. We want to be, um, these like activists for what we believe in and, and we allow that to separate. And, you know, for me, I did not grow up in the church. I didn't grow up in a denomination and even going into being a believer and, you know, addressing like denominations and the sectors and whatever, like I was very confused of like, why is there that? Because if y'all are preaching the same message, why do you have to have, you know, Methodists or, um, you know, Lutheran, all these different things. And there's nothing wrong with those churches. It's just that when it comes down to it, if we're not united on the idea that, Christ is the son of God that he died and rose from the dead. Like all those things, like we're 
that that unifies us, but still we allow the little things like how do you take communion? How do you, what what instruments do you use? Um, you know what what sacraments are there? We allow those things to literally put these wedges between us. And I think the hurdle is it's a preference. Like people have these preferences that they cling so tightly to that they they basically begin to have disdain towards people that don't have those same beliefs. And that's yeah. where disunity will happen. Yeah, we've caused, uh, we've allowed preferences to become theology, right? Like, I mean, whatever I decide, uh, uh, take for instance, uh, the Church of Christ, which by the way, if you're out there, Church of Christ, like not speaking bad about this at all. I've been to a couple of churches like this, um, but they don't use instruments traditionally. Uh, because they don't feel like that is what biblical worship was, is that, uh, that hey, New Testament worship is just, we're going to sing um, all together, acapella yeah, style. Lear or and, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, they don't like, they, I mean, it's weird. It's odd, but it's beautiful. Uh, like everybody's singing in acapella. It's actually a beautiful thing. But they've like, I mean, they've gone to the place where basically they'll say like, uh, music in the church is like bad, like it's a sin, and that's like a, a doctrine that they've that they've clung to. But really, it's just a preference. Like I don't care if you have music or if you have uh, instruments in your church or not. Like it doesn't matter if you're still singing about the same Jesus. Uh, but when you start to say, "Well, that, that's a sin," like especially me as a musician and worship leader, I'm like, "Man, I don't think I'm sinning every weekend that I play the guitar and sing." So, right. Like, <laughs> I, I think, dude, honestly, like, um, the reason church christian christians can't be unified it the the weight of responsibility and the people who will stand in judgment for disunity in the church are not the people that attend churches is the people that lead churches it ultimately falls on us doesn't it because mm-hmm. we're the ones that are in charge of a flock and we let our ego get in the way we let our pride get in the way we let like sinfulness get in the way. I mean, mm-hmm. ultimate, I mean, sin is the problem is why would the, yeah. is, uh, the yeah. world is disunified, but um, we let it happen in the church. And like, I, it's literally in scripture that you are not to do this. It, it, uh, Paul, you know, Paul talks about sectarianism and dividing and being like, Oh, well, I like Peter. And therefore if Paul mm-hmm. speaks, he's wrong. Peter's right. I like Apollos. Um, I like, Paul and then like real spiritual people were like, mm, I just like Jesus, you know, like super <laughs> spiritual. You got to whisper when you're trying to be spiritual, but it's like, and Paul addresses that and he's like, what are you talking about? Like the church is, is one. And he says it's carnal. Like it's a carnal yeah. thing if you're doing that. Um, and cause that's a worldly way to view it. I mean, look at politics, right? That's how it is. Well, I like this politician. I like that politician. I like this musician. I like that musician. I like, you know, the world does that. The church is never supposed to do that. And I think that, I mean, it's easy to sometimes, cause I'm a pastor, I'm in church leadership. Ego can definitely get in the way if you let it. Um, that's why there has to be like a, um, a willingness to let God humble you in your leading of the church. Yeah. Um, to create unity. Tanner looked like he was about to say something, but then I pointed to him and he didn't say anything. And like, Tanner's thinking just about it. Tanner hasn't <laughs> said anything this entire he's podcast. Such a thinker. He's just he's chilling. Just, yeah, he's just chilling. There were so many times that I brought the mic over to me and then Pat was like, yeah, I got something. Or Ren was like, yeah, Story I got of my something. Life. <laughs> well, Tanner, why don't you tell us all your thoughts? Uh, it's your podcast <laughs> now. It's all mine. Rename it. So <laughs> what I was thinking was, as far as unity goes and being disunified, like in the church, outside of the church, no matter what, it's so easy to dismiss other people's opinions nowadays 
because think about social media. Like you don't like a comment, you can just delete it and nobody's going to see it. Like it's so easy to dismiss another opinion and keep everything that you like and people in your circle in your realm of influence. Yeah. And I think that's one of the biggest problems. Like social media is great. We get to put all our opinions out there, but it can also be really crappy because you can just dwindle everything down to what you want to see and only what you want to see. You know, we should be open to seeing these other perspectives of how people think. And we're just not because we like we're comfortable in our little circle of influence with people that agree with us. And that really just creates uh, disunity because, you know, we're not open to talking to other people and finding common ground to unify on. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. I think that uh, one of the things you said there is like, we're comfortable, right? Like being like human beings don't want to be uncomfortable. I mean, there's the reason why there is a delineation between comfort (laughs) and discomfort, right? Like we don't want to be uncomfortable. um, But whenever we're challenged, um, whenever there is a challenge and we are getting out of our comfort zone, man, we should be rising to that challenge because it's there that we grow. It's there that we do grow in unity. It's there that we grow in love. It's there that we grow, uh, in compassion or in patience or, or whatever. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I just think that, that when we have these conversations like this about, okay, well, how can we unify? What can we do? Or, or why is it so important? I think really we have to look internally you know, um, Nick, you said many times about the ego, right? Like if I allow my ego and my pride to drive my opinions or my rebuttal of opinions, um, then I'm just going to be in this echo chamber, uh, you know, of me and my three hype dudes, like telling me that I'm awesome and that my opinions are great. Cause it's there, those that, you know, they have the same exact opinions and it's this echo chamber that, yeah, it's (laughs) like, it's so ridiculous, right? Like it's just a continuation of the same old thing and it's impossible to break out of because, um, we've gotten too comfortable and, uh, we've got to get out of our comfort zones into a place where uh, we can truly lay down um, our opinions and our motives to love other people. Um, so. Yeah, sure. I don't want to go off the deep end here. Um, I know that this is something that I've had to deal with, but I think it's something that has affected um, our generation as a whole. Um I don't think a lot of us were raised and or um, are prepared to fail um, or are able to, like you said, put your ego aside long enough to admit that you're wrong about something. And so that's kind of what is required to have a conversation with somebody and or um, be able to meet on, on some kind of common ground is first being able to admit that, Hey, maybe I'm not right about everything that I either have an opinion on or feel strongly about. Um, and maybe even also being able to admit that, um, how somebody else feels and, or, uh, what their viewpoint is could be right as well. Um, so I, I think like, um, back to all the times that I've seen where, you know, like people who are successful fail, more times than they are successful. And it's the failures that kind of um, shape you into who you are and help you grow. And so it's the same concept of um, whenever, whenever you're able to put down your ego, put down your own perspective for the sake of trying to understand somebody else's, um, you know, just like we've been talking about all day to day, then you're maybe able to um, 
come to a, a common conclusion with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing, like our culture lacks humility is what they lack. They, they don't know how to admit I'm wrong. I'm wrong about this. Get him, Sam. Yeah, I'm wrong <laughs> and change my mind. And that's the thing is like, you know, God calls us to humility. Like Philippians 2 is great. Just read that. Take time after this podcast, read it because it's just all about the humility of Christ because to be humble as a believer, and this is me preaching to myself because I don't do this all the time, is to say, God, I'm wrong about this. And you're right because um, newsflash, God's always been, and I've only been alive for 26 years. So I think <laughs> that he knows a little bit more about my life and humanity and everything in truth than I do. So God, I'm wrong. You're right. You are truth. So please change my mind. And that's what, what it takes for us in our conversations with people to be unified is to say like, I'm wrong. And to, you know, in love, call out someone else and say like, you're wrong about that. Maybe you should reevaluate, which is like, you know, that might be prideful to even say you're wrong. But just to admit (laughs) in those kind of conversations with people that we don't all have it all together and we don't all have the answers is the most humble thing that we can do. And people don't want to do that. They want to be right. They want to hold on to their pride. They want to hold on to their opinions. And humility calls us to let go of what we want um, and to let go of the things that we think we know because we don't know crap actually yeah so can yeah, i say no, crap on well, you podcast? can totally say right. crap <laughs> please say more uh no um i wanted to read i'm glad you brought up uh philippians 2 i actually already had colossians 3 uh pulled up and this is kind of what i want to leave you guys with on uh uh the end of this episode is just um a biblical like Yeah, it's a biblical takeaway for everything we've been talking about, essentially. Like, um, it kind of wraps it all up. And this is what it says in Colossians 3.12. I'm reading out of the Amplified Version. Um, It says this, So, as God's own chosen people who are holy, set apart, sanctified for His purpose, and well-beloved by God Himself, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, that's right, Sam, uh, gentleness, and patience, which has the power to endure whatever injustice or unpleasantness comes with good temper. Verse 13, bearing graciously with one another and willing to forgive one another if one has a cause for complaint against another. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you should also forgive. And verse 14, it says this, and this last one we'll read, beyond all things, put on and wrap yourselves in unselfish love, which is the perfect bond of unity for everything is bound together in agreement when each other seeks the best for others. Man, that last one is like mic mm. drop. Come on. <laughs> Preach it. Uh, so Colossians, um, Paul writing to Colossians, uh, man, he is preaching on this last point of, man, love, which is the perfect bond of unity for everything is bound together in agreement when each other seeks the best for others. So next week, Uh, We are going to talk about next episode. We are going to talk about what that looks like unselfishly loving people and seeking the best for others, but still remaining true to not our truth, but to God's truth. Thank you guys for joining with us. Uh, We will um, see you next time. Thanks for listening to the ULOC podcast presented by United IUP. If you would like to join our community, visit unitediup.com or follow us on Instagram at unitediup. United meets every Tuesday at 727 p.m. in the Indiana Theater located at 637 Philadelphia Street in Indiana, PA. Come live united.